You're listening to Elevated Elephant Podcast with me, your host, Rachel. Okay, team, so this is part two with me and Corrie talking about yoga and yoga anatomy. I won't ramble on too much this time because you probably want to jump straight into part two. Hopefully you've listened to part one. It's... uh, a good one and then on the other side of the chat on the outro I'll we'll talk a bit more about what's coming up next on the podcast and where you can find the delightful and delicious Cory McCullen so enjoy the interview and yeah see you on the other side I actually quite like that. I think we're on to right. something heard it here first <laughs> heard it here first <laughs> talking about oh that's what I think I wanted to ask you about so injury in yoga and I know um, because it is somewhat can be repetitive Mm. do you do you have an opinion on ways that maybe people could be just manage that if they're noticing that especially if you practice a vinyasa base on your arm hands a lot have you got any I think managing these sorts of yeah I think to be, and to be fair to the Ashtanga vinyasa tradition of the set sequence, yeah. where vinyasa flow and non-set sequence traditions can fall down yeah. is that we tend to only practice or reinforce the things that we enjoy yeah. and we love. Real danger. Um, so, for example, um, my hip flexors um, are resistant to lengthening um, and so I tend to not do that many hip flexor openers. Really? Um, or I do lunge, them. With lunges I do, Well, I definitely I mean, go in. And in a lunge, I really draw back and I engage the glutes a little bit to open out the hip flexor. But I can't say that I'm doing it as frequently as I'm doing hip flexion. Say, for example, when I cycled here to meet you, you know, reinforcing that constant hip flexion. Do you like flexion. an avasana? Do you like a boat pose? I do like a boat pose, I have to say. You're, you're like the I only one. It, I find boat Everyone pose incredibly like, comfortable. Boo. I Love don't it. mind boat either. Yeah, comfy. Boat work, works for me quite nicely. What a boat pose. Love it. Warrior one, nemesis. If <laughs> <So. laughs> you're like the other way round. People probably... are say, you know, you're in class and you're in boat pose and the teacher says, now this can be a challenging pose. And I'm thinking, bring me a bourbon biscuit. I could stay here all day. <laughs> bourbon. Yes, good choice. Thanks. So I guess that's one thing to be mindful of in, in terms of managing injuries. Recognize your your habits for a start. Okay. So, firstly, re- in general, in your practice, recognize your habits. Not to say that habits are are negative, but if we can recognize them, then we can move through them awake. We, w- we yeah. can be mindful. We know when we're doing it. We know when we're not doing it. Exactly. More choice is then. And you can be more. You can explore and experience it. You know. Yeah. So, you know, you might do a down dog every day, but each day it can be slightly different. And maybe one day you choose to bend your knees and the next day you choose to bend your elbows. And one day you choose to put wider feet or narrower feet. So, and understanding that alignment is not really, it doesn't really exist. Mm. You know, alignment is only, we can't have one alignment for everybody. Alignment is only for your body. And that will change. There are days when I feel I need to have my feet apart and days when I feel I need to have my feet together. So listening and, in, and I think this is when like the like uh, the emotional side of things. So if I practice in any given day, and I'm I'm having like a one day, maybe I'm feeling a little down, or I'm feeling really energetic. I've noticed then my 
body will definitely need different things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And with that as well, you've and got a decision that. to make. So if you've Ooh. got a day when you're feeling like a bit slumpy, do you reinforce that? Exactly. Or do, you... do you decide to give yourself a really nourishing day and slump on your mat, or is it, or even not practice? Pull yourself up by the exactly. Like, or do, what you do you think? Need? Yeah. But I think that's part of the. That I think that again is time because time will because you'll have more data to go back on. You know when you're being a bit lazy. Yeah. I think that's yeah. when the, the discernment of yoga comes in. For me, when I'm... Ooh, the discernment, discernment. of yoga. Yeah, mm. thank you, thank you, everyone. Mm. But for me, that's when I... Because sometimes I've, like, spun myself out, coming from a dance background, where it's just like, I don't care how you feel, you're doing yes. a triple pirouette. I know that my big toe is broken, yeah. but I'm still going to get my point shoes I on. I know, I'm like, you know, I'm, yeah, I've got, like, a massive fever, but don't worry, I'll be there. And you know, I've got, and then it, I think for me that I lo I desensitise myself actually, and so I I think a lot of people do this in different ways, but then it took me a long time to get out of that beating myself up for not for not being consistent, yeah, for not. So if I was feeling actually, I'm actually pretty tired because I was more active when I was younger, I was dancing and teaching and yoga, like a lot of physical stuff. Actually, I probably freaking just needed to rest, but mm. I was. I so my habit was a mindset of no, you do at least an hour of in, of quite intense vinyasa style. If not, there's no point. So I had to like retrain myself. Well, and now you're and 127. And now, yeah, now I'm pretty yeah. old, no. right? Yeah, I'm looking great. <laughs> I'm looking real good. Held up with sellotape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like made of dust. Just stapled together. <laughs> Thank goodness for all guys. that prana. <laughs> just one little false move and I'm just like, dust on the floor. But it took me a while to like realise, like years, I'm talking years. But you know what, this is a luxury as well of being a full-time yoga teacher. Right. Because we live a lifestyle yeah, as yoga teachers we where can we can... Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you think about people who are, who are let's say, working in an office as an example, living in a, working in a corporate setting, you spend a lot of your time switching off how you feel, numbing yourself. If you're tired, you don't take a rest, you drink a coffee. Right. If you're feeling upset, you don't spend the day at home and watch weekly movies and, and have a cry. Not, not tell anyone either. You don't you keep tell it to yourself. Exactly. You go to work. But you be put, professional. You paint, paint your face with makeup to put yeah. a mask on, and you and you blast cry in the through. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few of those. We've oh, all had a few of those toilet no. cries, haven't we? So we, you spend a lot of. You know, I was saying to a friend just the other day, even just living in London, if you truly. If you didn't numb yourself to anything you saw, I don't think you'd be able to do it. You know, no. the, when we had the beast from the east, the, yeah. the storm you were talking about the other day, um, I was going somewhere and I got out of the tube station at Hammersmith and it was fully snowing. I mean, I was wearing multiple layers. I was wearing full-on snow boots for skiing yes. and I was shivering. And there were two homeless guys um, yeah. on the street next to me. I, I actually started crying mm. and then I felt embarrassed for crying. Mm. And I thought, do you know what? This is probably the only time when I shouldn't feel embarrassed walking past a homeless person because this is the first time I've genuinely felt what a travesty it is. Yeah. And another human being. If every time you walk past a homeless yeah. person in London you had a breakdown, you wouldn't be able to no. live here. That's people, yeah, right. So we spend a lot of time numbing ourselves. So then, then it's a big ask for a student to come to a mat and for us to say, listen to your body. Right. Because how often do you really do that? And then all of that pent up stuff. Yeah. And that's why I think you see so many emotions coming out on the mat, because it's the first time you're given permission to listen to yourself. Yeah. 
It's a really good point, and that's happened a few mm. times. I've had a few people do their little, their little quiet cry mm. shavasana. And actually, I don't. I really don't try and elicit that emotion. I'm not one of those people that puts on the weepy music. Oh, you feel tri triumph when the yeah, studio's had a breakdown. Oh, yeah, I'm just not into that. <laughs> no. So if it happens, it happens, and I a part of me is just like, oh, good. Like I, I don't want them to be in distress or anything. But like if that. it needed to happen, yeah. at least this was a nice place where they yeah. could openly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, whatever reason that needed to happen, it happened. I think it's quite lovely. And, it, and then, then I feel completely humbled. It's a privilege, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that's when I'm like, fuck, this is really like, wow, I could be a part of that for you. And cool. Yeah. It's really, yeah, like you said, it's a privilege and it's really humbling. But yeah, I don't try and, I don't try to do that. And it doesn't happen all the time. Like most of the time people are pretty like, and again, I think it's, you hear what you need to hear at the time. Mm. And if you keep coming back, things do develop and you learn a bit more about yourself, whether you like that or not. Also, having loved the enormous um, dalliance that we've gone off, just it's triggered my thought process <laughs> back again to the anatomy. <laughs> because Bring it back. Thinking about these emotional um, sort of uh, releases, these can, learning more about anatomy can also give you some more, you know, because people always talk about, oh, hip openers, they can be really emotional. I wanted to ask you about and that. And that always used to make me feel really uncomfortable because I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. Hip openers are emotional. I don't understand yeah. Yeah. why. And especially because to me, the, the notion of an energetic body is maybe it's not trapped within the confines of the physical existence. That's how I feel about it anyway. That's my personal yoga philosophy. So when people are telling me about hips accessing emotions, and I'm thinking, I don't know, this is something very physical. You're messing up with something very energetic. And then... Um, through, actually, through studying fascia a little bit more, I went on some um, anatomy trains workshops, uh, Tom, Tom Meyer's anatomy yeah. trains workshops. Incredible. And also the, the 500 hours at Yoga London, it was uh, Loretta Stowell who was leading some classes. And both, it was, it was happening at a similar sort of time. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? And they both were saying the same thing. They were talking about how, if you think about humans, uh, the theory, it's a theory, the theories that humans might have evolved from... Um, say um, apes yeah. that if, you, if you look at um, apes and other sort of types of monkeys and they, the little baby ones and something scary happens, they jump up and leap onto their, their parents back yeah. and the arms fling overhead to grab onto the fur and the leggies jump yeah. up yeah. so you basically lift your shoulders to your ears and you crunch hips. up your hips mm. so it's an evolutionary potentially an evolutionary response to fear that we create this tension in the shoulders and the hips so then if you then mm. release that in class, it's like you're telling yourself nothing to be scared of, let go, let go. And then there was another little nugget that came out to me about the... Which could be counterintuitive to people if they're coming in with, I don't know, trauma. Yeah. And like that's when like laying in Shavasana and all they want to do is be too much. Because yeah. if, if there is that the theory of somewhere in our DNA, somewhere in there going, flex the hips, mm. jump for mama. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're like lay flat and it's just like so counterintuitive and it, yeah, it just made me think back of that. to say yeah. the yoga teachers not being in a place to tell someone what to do with their injuries because we're not physios but also not psychiatrists it's so, exactly you know if you push people to have emotional breaks in your class like Can you, you said you know it? you're not pushing them there but if it happens let's say somebody ha reveals some repressed memory are we in a position to look after that person the way they need to be looked after probably I would, not i was speaking with a friend um who runs a, a fantastic charity in oxford called yoga, yoga quota and oh, yeah, um, I've heard of she was telling me that she sent some of her teachers on a mental health first aid day 
Middle Court. of First Aid. I've what? never heard of that. Me neither. I haven't heard of it either. So you so get like a real basic. It's a weekend course. That's really so, interesting. Because I have a first aid qualification from for somebody the, had a heart, heart attack, attack in class. Yeah. I would know how to do exactly. CPR. Exactly. Um, hopefully. Um, but if if somebody had a breakdown, uh, yes, exactly, like, a psychological break, couldn't control their tears, or, or quite frequently you see students in your class that you suspect, for example, might have an eating disorder. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we're, that's again, really quite we're not common. really. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought, and since she said it, I've been looking into it, and I'm I'm, I'm planning to try to go and do this. Um, really interesting mental health first aid weekend is fascinating. I think, I think people need to know about that. Definitely. It's really useful. Yeah. It's quite new, mental health first aid. I don't aid. know. I mean, I literally just, I just heard about it the weekend, so I'm offering advice that's still new to me, so I need that's to look into really it. That's a really good idea. Mm. And then there are other things as well, so the tendons attaching the diaphragm, also they weave their way down and connect into hip flexors, so again, there's a connection between you know, are you able to breathe efficiently and correctly and when you're tight in the hips or if you're stretching the hips, can you breathe efficiently and correctly? So tying all of this stuff together, I think, and you do see in students that are having emotional um, overload, this uh, caught breathing, you know, this... Yeah. And then if you go to yoga class and the teacher keeps on telling you to squeeze your belly muscles the whole time, now you can't let your diaphragm descend, you can't breathe correctly. It's just going to build that pent-up... I've noticed this, I know um, how you teach, but I've noticed I am being, unless I'm in a, a, a teacher training when people have to learn the nuts and bolts of inhale up, exhale down, mm. and then after, but in general I, I'm noticing I'm dictating less more and less, form. because I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that people breathe at different rates and different depths, and like you said, I, I really don't want to, pe- I want people to I trust that people can breathe. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> as long as they're breathing, yeah, we're might, on to a winner. I might draw attention to their breath, like make you know, bring attention to it. But I'm less and less inclined. Inhale up, exhale down. And also, up. each they're all just different techniques, aren't they? So yeah. you know, for example, in Ashtanga Vinyasa, you you can make use of Ujjayi breathing should you wish to. That sort of um, I like to call it the Darth Vader breath. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but then if you go to an Iyengar class, you might get told off for doing an Ujjayi breath. Well, they Iyengar don't they? They, they separate pranayama and asana. Exactly. Like, I think there's like yeah. completely different separate things. discipline. And then if you go to say a Pilates class, a lot of the breaths will be reversed. So a lot of modern yeah. as I exhale on the effort isn't teaching it? Pilates too, and a lot of um, well, a lot of modern Pilates teachers are now teaching inhale on the effort. Oh, I know. Mind bent. See, this is mind the thing. Bend. So even within within that discipline yeah, in Pilates, you've got you've got dis, uh, disagreement. So because the idea is that if you and if you just do it now, if you take a deep inhale and hold your breath, as the diaphragm is descended, you can feel your belly is pushed out, and that You're whole. I mean, do make sure you breathe out now, okay. otherwise you'll pass out. <sighs> but as you breathe in. You feel your diaphragm go down, and you can feel this intra-abdominal pressure. So this extra pressure that's been yep. created, because as the diaphragm moves down, the contents of the abdomen they don't go anywhere; they're still there. So the pressure There's gets less greater. space for them, exactly. Yeah. So it's this sort of law of um, pressure and volume being inversely related. So as as volume decreases, pressure increases. Yes. Yes. So the idea is that if you need to do something hard let's say you're lying on your back and you're doing some exercises with your tummy with your legs lifted if you inhaled as you sent your leg away to challenge your tummy muscles mm. that extra pressure can support your spine a bit more I, that makes sense actually yeah. now you've said that but then other teachers say oh but it can make people dome their tummy muscles and I want them to be able to engage those tummy muscles but you can actually engage your tummy muscles pressing them out and drawing them in so there's again, it's like this is being kind of fluid and an experiment. Exactly, and this makes me think back to that quote again of of 
perceptions of expertise close your mind. So if you if you say to yourself, well, you must exhale on the effort because that means you're engaging your core. Mm. Firstly, do you really know what core means? Well, that's thrown around, isn't it? You know, it? that's a huge, you know, core muscles can be, there's not is much there anything, specificity there. Is there anything that is in your arms and legs? I, for me, it's anything that isn't attached directly onto your torso. So it's tummy muscles, I reckon back people muscles, even butt argue, muscles, like, hip muscles, yeah, yeah. shoulder muscles, yeah. chest muscles. For me, I don't know if, if this is related to anything in anatomy, but I find a lot of my quote-unquote core from my legs. Yeah. I don't know if it's just me. No, but it's all attached, isn't it? So let's say that like we... Like my button legs. I find that if button I... Button legs. Button legs. <laughs> button legs. But I find if I pay attention to my feet and my, yeah. my lower body, I, for some reason I feel what I would, mm. in my own mind, call core. It's the foundation, isn't it? For me, that is. Yeah. I don't know. It's more directional. True so, if you talk about, if let's say you're standing, you're just standing. I suppose it's just what you're asking the body to do. Yeah. It's situational as well, isn't it? I would. But, think. It, but if we can be more specific with our language, yeah. That's that also is more helpful to our students because if you even say like squeeze the glutes, well, which one? <laughs> because some of them do different jobs. Some of them do the opposite job to each other. Because otherwise it might just be lockdown, For example, it? It just, oh, yes. it might just be... Like, try and fully squeeze your butt cheeks 100% and then walk around the room <laughs> and you'll instantly realise that that <laughs> you look complete engagement of, of the glutes actually stops movement from occurring. So again, it's this notion of a, of a, of a spectrum of engagement. I know you have beautiful language in your teaching, like the with the what would the toes do if they were surprised? And I, and this is a time when I think like visualization can be really helpful. So I talk about a whisper of engagement. Yeah, nice. Or, or a smidge. Yeah, whatever smidge. that means. Just a smidge. So because then it's for you to decide. You know, I'm not one of these teachers that says turn the foot in 45 degrees. Firstly, because I cannot for the no, life that of me figure out how many degrees that is. As soon as people bring in numbers or like directional things, no. I just I'm lost. I need a calculator, a protractor. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to do with that. Oh, I'm terrible. But, oh, I'm the same. It doesn't make any sense. If I say smidge, that's for you to decide how much that means. But I think as well, isn't it, to either when you're teaching or within your own practice, to to play with the that the dynamics, the volume. Like you don't speak to someone on one volume. I mean, it'd be weird. I guess that would be quite <laughs> annoying. <laughs> like, like you whisper when you need to whisper. You shout when you need to shout. You talk normal. I think we, we instinctively do that in other aspects, but sometimes I think in the, we suddenly lock it down to yoga, and then it's like, this is how you do it. And then it's, I, I see it. I see the need for this idea of what we team deem consistent. I think being consistent is useful, but being consistently inconsistent with that consistency. <laughs> mm. But like you know, like turning the dial up, like you said, like so it's not all clenching and it's not all floppy. It's being yeah. able to know these two extremes and then play with that in the mm. that dial, which is more subtle. You said this morning in in, uh, in class about in the beginning when you were mentioning about injuries and you said if you if it, if you have an injury you're experiencing something in the body. Just, I, I recommend you take things to a place that feels helpful. Yeah. That's such good advice. Because it's not yeah, always going to feel good. I've noticed mm. if I say that, I'm like, maybe it won't feel good for them. I don't want it to feel bad. <laughs> but like, like helpful. I hope not. Or useful. Or yes. Somehow I like to talk in about the this right direction. Notion of productive tension. 
So, oh, okay. you know, create just enough tension to produce the movement and no more. But why do no, you... We've got enough tension in life. Yeah, right. Why are you creating Bring extra? Because didn't you say, when I was shadowing you on one of the trainings, you said, um, I think it's actually 80% of maximum... What was that yeah, again? I think that can... we were discussing hypermobility. Yes. So hypermobility when is, a, is a, a generally a condition of the connective tissue and a person just has, uh, their joints have more movement. Goes past range of what you would deem normal. This horrible word, normal yeah. again, yeah. Um, so a hypermobility is something that can be worked around. Again, that is very much a spectrum and it can be, it can be something you can have an even inside your body, you can say, for example, the, 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 the sac that the heart is contained in can be hypermobile. And that, when it gets to that degree, it can become very problematic. Yeah, really serious. But you can have it just a little bit. Like, you'll see lots of people, elbows and yeah. knees, a bit yeah, hypermobile. Yeah. So um, I was telling the students that if you have a hypermobile student, you see that in their practice. If you recommend they never go beyond 80%, that's going to keep them within a safe realm because also their perception of 80% is not going to be exactly 80%. Again, if you don't, if you don't work well with numbers. Yeah. I, think, I think it's essentially just saying, we all know 100% is like, go for it, go just for don't, it, go You for just it. don't have to put yeah. pe pedal to the metal. But I think, I think no. even if you, for me, I don't think even if you don't have... Even if you're normal, quote-unquote, you know, you're not... You're pretty open. I think even then, it could be related to flexibility or strength. Or I think, again, it's that choice of I don't have to be at my most maximum no. for 60, 90, two hours. I can dial it Ease up and dial it And out. explore. Yeah. And the body will generally take the path, the path of least resistance. So right. if we're constantly pushing ourselves, when you run out of your natural recruitment of muscle fibers, you know, when you run out of your current ability, the body will find another route. And that often ah, is when injury will occur. That's interesting. So if you, so is that, again, like respecting where you are at that point. Totally. Within an arsenal. So say, I don't know, say your, what would be a common one? I think forward falls, like if, it's quite common mm. for most people. They really want to touch their toes. Yeah. Is it kind of like get to a point where you feel maybe some challenge? Yeah, defo. But then wait. I like learn the healthiest way to place the parts of the body. Yeah. Spend some time there. So let's say for a forward fold, I'm going to be talking about um, hinging from the hips, allowing the sitting bones to sort of get the feeling of lifting and separating. Um, knowing that in a forward fold it's going to challenge the hamstring two ways that you can help with that is elevating the hips if you're seated or softening the knees so spending some time really talking about the alignment and spending time in that place and then saying now just let it flop and spending some time in that space because mm. if you're constantly pulling people back to what you think as a teacher it's is safe. aligned yeah. Yeah. then you're, you're sort of putting the brakes on all the time mm. you know think about I've just That's got in my point. head a visualisation of like a horse and we spend some time where we put on the, gosh I really don't know horse language, saddle, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called isn't it? Yeah. And then you put, you put on and you've got hold of the reins yes. and you're making it do its size, trot on, gallop on all of that and then, and that horsey it can do that really beautifully and then at the end of the day you chuck off the saddle, you pull off the reins, it's a beautiful naked horse as it mm. should be and you throw it out into the paddock and you say, go for it black beauty. Oh, do you know what, that's and such a lovely image. 
Like if we gave ourselves that oh, during Asana as well, yeah. like spend a bit of time. I mean, I'm, I tend not to put a saddle onto my students too frequently. <laughs> I'm into a paddock. <laughs> but spend a bit of time, you know, working with the alignment, uh, and then spend a bit of time with utter free. freedom yeah. and just explore. Okay, just now you explore, feel it. Yeah. This is. I think this is the key, isn't it? And um, there was another teacher. Have you ever heard of Amy Matthews? She's an American anatomy geek. Oh, no. I'll have to send you a link Please to her. Please do. But she's been in a podcast. And she's, I just really like her chat. She's just one of those people mm. that is so open. Mm. She does a lot of embryology. She's gone in, she likes um, creation stories. She's Ooh, like, she's really that. interested in that. And she said for her, the practice, practice of asana is just, it's more and more just about creating as much. She wants to feel as much choice as she has in the body. So mm. she can choose to flex the spine she can choose to keep the spine straight she can choose to do that so the more we because there's a lot of the questions of like why are we doing this what's the point of being able to touch our toes why do I even bother you know like I have these questions as well and then I <laughs> and I think it doesn't have to look like triangle pose it doesn't have to look like down dog that's just one way of moving the body that's just a way a person said it should look yes as somebody else's tradition and it's lovely create your own yeah, yoga yeah, yeah, tradition yeah. so you might start that might be your start point but then within that you might then find your own way and your own way of expressing body movement and your own way of feeling your body move in space and breathe and all this sort of stuff. Because otherwise, I think it's a good start point to get people mm. perhaps into their bodies in a non-competitive way. And then in time, perhaps if that person wants to, then they can explore, like let go of it again. Yeah. I think that, that discipline thing of creating discipline Recognize to have the freedom. Rules yeah. To then be able to break them. Because we need both, don't we? Like you don't know freedom without discipline. So you kind of need both, don't you? Definitely. In my Yin and mind. yang. It really is, because otherwise is. you don't understand what one is and what one isn't. Well, and that should then hopefully tie in the physical aspect of yoga with all of the non-physical aspect of yoga. You know, the Agreed. mat is a time to learn about... A lot of people talk about taking yoga beyond the mat, you know, off the mat. Well, that's, that's brilliant. But what about bringing all of the off-mat yoga onto your mat as well? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Such a good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. What about not using a mat also? Yeah, because you don't use you a don't mat, need do you? To be, no, in my personal practice, I don't use a yoga mat. I just don't so understand. Because um, I've seen, because you have an Insta, and I'll leave like links and stuff, but, and I've seen most of your Insta, if you show a little snippet of your practice, it mm. is very exploratory, mm. and it's, it's like, it is... It's quite me, dancey it's, yeah. because I always have a dance background. So I, I think that is as well. That's a dancey thing that you do. You naturally feel very Where comfortable with just exactly, and yeah. you don't you don't feel worried about what it's going to look like or how to move because also you, I you know I have got after a few decades of moving my body <laughs> behind me. Yeah, no, so it's very I, true. I guess you know I, I've got the privilege of That's past training true. to have the freedom to speak this way. But if somebody's never really moved their body in that way, they, they you know they might need a little bit of a hand. Yeah. But I feel like the you know so then a mat for a beginner might be helpful because it gives them an idea of where they're moving yeah. in space. So if they've not developed their proprioceptive skills much yet, they don't really understand where they're moving in space, maybe that mat makes them feel safe. Or if somebody is experiencing 
anxiety, for example, for some people having a mat is like their safe space. Agreed. Yeah. So I totally appreciate that for some people it's a really useful tool. But you're at a place. And for you, me, yeah. it feels limited. Uh, for also, I don't really like the synthetic materials that most of the mats yeah. are made of. I want to, you know, if I can get outside and practice barefoot and barehanded, brill. But if not, at least on my, you know, on my carpet at home. I can just slide around the floor and not worry about where's the front and the back and the left and the right. And you move more instinctively. Exactly, and I don't worry about making it perfectly even, left side, right side. Life isn't symmetrical. My body isn't symmetrical. Inside, it's I was not symmetrical. Say, even inside, it's, it's like by design, it's not yeah, symmetrical. Yeah. But and I remember reading a really cool article once about you know Johnny Wilkinson, the rugby player. Yes. And his trainer, who apparently my dad said I was going to marry, but I don't know. I don't know why, but it's just not happened. <laughs> Um, <laughs> if you know so, Cory, you know why that's fun. <laughs> so, um, but I remember reading a cool article by his trainer where he said that he spends, um, he does do like symmetrical training with him as well. Yeah. But he spends um, a large amount of time each week training him in a completely random fashion. <laughs> so let's say they'll go to the gym and they'll do like five bicep curls with his right arm and then he'll have to run for two minutes and then he'll throw a ball at him a couple of times then he'll do a pull up just with his left arm and then kick, wow. kick just his right leg and it was just about because if you watch a rugby match it's like unpredictable it. yeah. you don't know when, where, what direction which, exactly like, so everything be... is totally random so if you think about yoga being functional preparing you for life if you constantly do the same thing then as soon as something different comes in it's like error error yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hang on a minute let me just get my uh, balance and come at me again I'm ready now and again that yeah. takes us back to this fear of uncertainty yeah, let your practice be uncertain also interesting like, like I've not fallen out of a headstand in about 10 years and on I fall out of it on purpose on teacher training I'm teaching people how to fall safely I've not which fallen is really out useful of it, which is really handy yeah. I've not fallen out of it by accident in about 10 years and I went to a class last week and um packed class and um I was doing a headstand and I just went timber and just fell fully into like a bridge position oh, oh nice but Not as a I started back. no no I caught myself That's a bit as I started to fall I was so surprised because yeah. I'd not fallen in so long by accident I just started laughing because I thought, <laughs> what the how hilarious <laughs> and how nice, nice to know I can still surprise myself. Yeah. What happened? Do you usually lose Why concentration? I, I think I hadn't been to, um, I don't practice in studios that frequently Other as a people. student and the room was really packed and I was yeah. also next to a wall. And I think I just Change got a bit, environment. Yeah, yeah, just having that uh, input, those, that energy of those things, like the wall hemming me no on one side. Ball, and nothing's no, much, just it just different. threw me off. I just wasn't mm. focused. Um, but yes. at the same time, like it was totally fine. Was Nothing fine. got injured. I fell. I lay there for a few minutes. Had a bit of a giggle. Because I've noticed that in my classes as well. I've no, I don't know about you, but people are very scared of moving. And that sounds very weird. But what I mean is unsolicited wobbles are not are not welcomed. Well, plenty parts of my bottle <laughs> wobble. <laughs> Unsolicited <laughs> all the time. So uh, yeah. So if the thighs are going to jiggle, let's let the tree pose jiggle. Why not? <laughs> but it's true. Do you know, I, I try because it's like the body is trying to manage something, isn't yeah, of it? Course, if you're it's on one to leg, and I feel like it's, it's like self sabotage if you try and force. Mm your oh. anatomy into rigidity it will, and like no matter like, how much you clench your teeth and your shoulders it will not help you balance it's in like the more, the more you, like, <laughs> it's true isn't it the more you relax and get out of your head and the shouldn't the shouldn't mm. and the, or if I fall over everyone's going to laugh 
I think sometimes it can be related to confidence and being unsure. And I think as soon as and you pressure you put on yourself yeah, as well, if to you be fall like in, you picture. failed. Yeah, you know. that's how you learn, right? That's but how you learn. So, you know, as soon as you get there, like, let's say if you're listening to this and you're at the beginning of your yoga journey and you're thinking, I wish I could, let's say for example, do splits. Just as somebody that's gotten there, I can let you know that it, it doesn't make you enlightened. And what? <laughs> it doesn't make you any happier. <laughs> no. As soon doesn't. as you get to splits, you think, mm, I wish I could do over splits. Or yeah. I wish I could do splits in handstand. Yeah. So yeah. if you're constantly chasing, like putting expectations upon yourself and chasing the outcome and worrying about if you fall over that someone's going to judge you, you're never going to be fulfilled. Practice, no. And I think something like balance anyway is, it comes and goes. And that can be as well as a situational thing of like where you're at you might be not very concentrated or you might be on a wobbly floor well, it's going to be anatomical too anatomical. something might be going on with your vision or with your vestibular system in your ear yeah. or um, hormones yeah don't know about you yes. but if I am before or during my period useless. forget it see you later balance useless I'll catch up with you yeah. in a few days <laughs> give, me, give me a week I'll be back <laughs> yeah right and it is that sort of that again that being maybe uh, noticing how you feel and shift day to day within the structure of a mm. practice and then having more of that inquiry of like oh that's interesting give yourself a break give yourself like, a you break. fell over in tree pose it's alright you're not a murderer <laughs> you're, a, you're a good person you just fell over in a tree pose you're a good person exactly you can do this you can <laughs> but it's in because with, with the body as well I think people get I'm saying really generalistic because I know not every people. I say people, but people, you wouldn't expect to sit if you don't know how to play piano like you, Corey. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would never expect. I would, I'd be lighter on myself. I'd be like, well, I can't play, and so if I fluff up, I might get frustrated. But I'll understand. But you get there. But as soon as it becomes, it comes to the body. People have a different expectation. Yeah. It's almost like I need to be like this now. And why aren't I? And I should be like this. But you wouldn't expect to learn a language in 10 minutes. But you know Which what? Which is what essentially you're we doing, aren't you? We try you're to learning. harness the beginner's mind with everything we do with our body. Because your body is constantly, whether you want it to or not, it's constantly evolving and changing. changing yeah. It's organic matter. So over, and people find this a bit depressing. I find it fascinating. But over decay. time, it starts to decay. Yeah. I just noticed the other day that my top eyelid is starting to like collapse down and crowd itself. And I, know, and I, don't, I haven't I've got really a noticed. I've similar thing. One of my eyelids is more open than the other. I haven't really noticed the onset because of my glasses sort of mask it. Styling a bit. it out. But I noticed it and I thought, oh, how fascinating. Gravity. And, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know, it's not something to freak out about. It's no. actually, it's part of, it's a wonder. Like, to me, aging is a privilege. I've, I'm allowed to be allowed to be alive right, a little exactly. bit longer. Agreed. Happy days. Yay, so, I've made another year. I've made, made another, another year. year. Success. Because, I mean, there's so many people that haven't. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so the body is constantly evolving and changing. Either it's it's evolving because it's, whether you call it it's evolution or not, but it's, it is slowly decaying, I guess, or degrading. And then on top of that, it's evolving because of all the activities you're doing means that it's changing. So since I've been at university this past year, I've noticed that my my um, head has slightly moved forward a bit because I spent more time at a computer. Since I'd taken up cycling a couple of years ago, my quads have become a bit stronger. So the, the body is constantly evolving. So mm. if you can just recognize that it's, it's an ever-changing entity. Wonder. Be, be the beginner with your body all the time because it's yeah. never, no two days are going to be the same. I love that. 
good. Do you reckon you'll ever go into teaching regular classes again? Or are people, Group classes. Yeah, are, are people just going to have to do your trainings and <laughs> workshops? I think so. Yeah, I would like to teach more, more group classes. You're so I think, busy now with Yeah, I think teaching. they're definitely going to be of the workshop variety. But I think so, At yeah. the minute, I'm only really teaching workshops at home, and I've got a very small space, so they have to be theoretical. So what, what I'm, I'd really love to do, I've just started to teach a few more retreats, but I know that's not really time or financially accessible to everybody. So what I'd really love to do is um, online classes. More, definitely more online work. That's something I'm developing this year. Um, so thanks for the podcast opportunity <laughs> because that really aligns. It just magically aligns to where I'm taking my, myself also. But also, I'd really love to do more more workshops because so I get frustrated. For me, an hour's class is not long enough. No, I want a two or three hour workshop to really dig into things and and also, I would love it if during a yoga class someone could put their hand up and say why. But that's just not yoga etiquette, is it? So in a workshop, you, well, if you've you got really more can. Time, if you've yeah. got more time to allow questions to Definitely. bubble up. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sort of uh, hitting up some more student studios and seeing if I can sort some workshops in here and there. Because I think now, like, more... Because obviously there's still newbies. There'll always be newbies coming to it, which is awesome. But there's still there's going to be more from the newbies. There'll be oldies, and I think people... Yeah, but the oldies are newbies too. Yeah. I mean, but I, also what they want, I've noticed... They might do more and more self-practicing and then only dip in for just an excuse to be in a room with other people. Mm. For me now, that's what it is. Unless yeah. I'm doing a training or a workshop with a subject matter that I really want to learn or interest in learning, if I decide to go to an open class, a drop-in, it's because I just want to be, it's an excuse just to be with people in a room. Well, you just want someone else to tell you what to do yeah. as well. Yeah, I like the energy <laughs> and the vibe and stuff. And mm. I think so more and more people might end up taking their stuff at home and then wanting to come out and just yeah. workshop and just get and little insights and then from take the other it students. home. When you, when you share a practice with other people in a group vibe, you also learn from what the other people are doing. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if the person next to you is is taking every modification and you think oh gosh I should I should tone it down a bit like yeah. that or someone next to you uses a strap in a really inventive way and you think oh cool. yeah. or you know I was in a class the other day and, and the student next to me was, was was pushing themselves so hard and I was thinking I just want to give you a hug <laughs> and, okay. and, a, and a hot chocolate yeah. and say like you you're enough already because you can't help but think how they translate that in their into lives. their psyche but at the yeah. same time I thought on one hand, I thought I want I want to tell this person like it's, it's all right where you are is good. Like, yeah, you, but yeah. at the same time, I also thought maybe That's I should pull my socks up a bit. Like, oh yeah, maybe I should try so harder. Maybe the two of us should meet in the middle. Right. If you yeah, but then that that that, that again that sliding scale changes mm. from year to year, day to day, week to week. For me, more it's more year to year. I'm pretty consistent for a long period of time, and then. As I age, mm. definitely is changing. Aging disgracefully. Yeah, and but it's really lovely. Like I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm allowing and being That's more permissive so nice. for myself. Since I threw away all my makeup, about well, I, I sort of threw half of it away ten years ago when I left theatre. The heavy makeup, the theatre makeup, pan stick, and then I threw away all the rest of it um, at the end of my last relationship. And I thought I'm going to head into my next relationship with my real face. So this new person ah, really cool. can fall in love with my real face. Because you know when you wear makeup and then when people see you without it, and they're, no, like, they're like, are you okay? Are you all, yeah, and you're like, that's <laughs> You're like, well, yes, I'm just naked. Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm just not wearing and now, um, makeup. And <laughs> so true. If I put makeup on, yeah. like, I remember the first time I wore makeup in front of my girlfriend. We'd been together for about six months and we were going out for a fancy date. So you I thought I'd try on, a bit hard. I yeah. put on a dress and some heels and some makeup. 
And she, she said, what are you wearing? Just <laughs> For shocked. Start, shock. And then she said, oh, would you mind toning like, it down? Awfully like not wearing that makeup because you look so beautiful without it. Oh, now see, winner. See, that's why we've been winner, together five winner. years. Winner, winner. And I think if like if you can fancy someone the mostest when, in their PJs. PJs, PJs are a bit ill. A bit of sleepy gunk in their yeah. eye. Got a cold. Messy hair, yeah. <laughs> you still love them and they're like, gross. You want to win. That's true. And that, and that really helped me to embrace this like you. my animalistic sense. So like, if I don't feel like shaving my, my legs, I'm going to never wear makeup and I'm going to leave the house in mismatched clothing. Whatever, dress. <laughs> I, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. If you're not happy with it, that's, that's something that you yeah, need yeah, to work on. <laughs> your problem. Exactly. Um, I'm your lesson. I'm a walking lesson. Yeah, I'm always teaching. I'm always on. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like there's a few mornings I wake up and I look in the mirror and I think, whoa. See, I've done the opposite. I'm now experimenting. We're going completely off on a tangent. <laughs> but I've, I, I, for ages, I was a scruff box. And I've started to actually play more with makeup and being okay with putting makeup on and being like, I, I'm not... Because I, I felt self-conscious with it on as opposed mm. to with it off. Mm. So I'm now playing the other way. But again, it's like, this so ties back to what we were saying about defaults and habits. Because mm. I was habitually wearing makeup, so it's like I needed to rehab <laughs> to like, learn to love my real face. Yeah, yeah. And, and you were doing the opposite, like you were habitually not wearing it, so now you're having a play with it. And like, like no judgment, lots of my friends wear makeup. And but it's, like, it's, it's so it's individual, like, it's, exactly. an, it's everyone's it's, different but I think if, journey, isn't I feel it? A bit, I feel a bit, you know, when somebody says they can't you leave really the house without it. makeup on, no, that's... I feel a bit sad because I think you're so beautiful. You can, without but you literally it. can you totally can. You literally can leave the house without makeup on. <laughs> you literally can. If you, <laughs> that's if you not true. choose to put some makeup on one day yeah. because it's a bit fun, this is, I'm trying to then like lighten not? it up, like, like put on a bit jazzy, sparkly eyeshadow or whatever. Just then free why not? But yeah. if it ties back into issues with confidence, mm. that's when I think maybe a bit of self inquiry yeah. could be helpful. And this, again, this is when the yoga seeps, it seeps everywhere. It you does. start with down dog, and before you know it, you're like questioning when everything. When I did my 200 hours, I remember the course leader saying to me, just you watch out, the cult of yoga will get you in the end. <laughs> You're like, no, no, and then it has. Damn it. Yeah. They got that's me. the magic of it, though, isn't it? Because it's just, it, that's, for me, what the illumination bit is about. Mm. It's just illuminating the bit, the shadowy bits. For me, at this point in my life, the yoga is about mm. shining a light on the bits that I've kind of either ashamed of or mm. I don't like in myself. And welcoming in some of the shadowy bits too. Yeah, so again, just being like that, all of that is a part of It doesn't of all me. have to be yeah. unicorns and glitter. Exactly. Like sometimes I think that people feel that as yogis, it all has to be about positivity. Like sometimes really rubbish stuff well, happens. He, yeah. And if you constantly try and deny it or run away from it or gloss over it, you're only going to end up in deeper trouble yeah. further down the line. Agreed. So recognizing sometimes it's okay to say, sorry guys I don't want to come out today because I just want to be at home on my own and sometimes it's okay to say I really don't want to leave the house will you come and be my best buddy and, and help yeah, me out yeah. so you know yeah welcoming it's the yin and the yang it's yeah. been the theme but this is why they, yeah yeah I think it's what yoga is just one way of perhaps shining a light on all mm. these habits 
behaviours. Because there's other methodologies, plenty, but that's just um, our way, Corey. Were we to quote Patanjali's Yoga Sutras? Oh, please. Bring it into the yoga. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Where it said that, you know, the, the, way, the way to... <laughs> <laughs> the way to <laughs> the way to sort of achieve or realise yoga is through the pra- is through practice and non-attachment. Mm. And then Patanjali goes further on to define practice, saying that practice is effort towards steadiness of mind. I'm just going to throw it out there and say that if watching Netflix whilst eating a donut brings you effort <laughs> towards steadiness of mind yeah. maybe for that day it's what it is that's, that's what it practice. needs to be yeah maybe on another day it's just having a mindful walk through a park it's having a friend a chat with a friend it's doing an asana practice for me sometimes even literally studying anatomy because in a life filled with all of this like we, I've said oh it's be cool with uncertainty mm. and all of that but sometimes I just want to know yeah what's this called what does that move What's that made of? That's really comforting to be given some answers. Even yeah. though those answers might change in 10 years' time. That's really interesting. To like, have something there. The yin-yang things come back again because it's like if in your, in your greater scheme of things in your life you feel settled and there's a lot of regularity, I think mm. sometimes you feel freer to then explore and be... you know, Because like, I went through moving to New Zealand and then coming back and I felt completely like disorientated I didn't have my shit around everything was in boxes and I was just like that really it really affected everything yeah just having that and And then my doggy wasn't back yet my doggy was I mean that was the worst yeah cry 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 oh my god and I actually picked up an ashtanga practice I just remembered it as soon as you said that (laughs) I picked up it it came back it wasn't like you know crazy crazy but primary to something familiar yeah and then as soon as we settled then it left again as soon as you said that, it was like that reminded me of that's instinctively where I went. I think like everything we've spoken about today is just talking about having this like yoga toolkit, toolbox. Yeah. yeah. And in there you've got all of these things. You've got, you know, your discipline, you've got the freedom, you've got the anatomy knowledge, what, breathing, all of the donuts. Donuts, Netflix. All of these different things you can pop in your yogi toolbox. You're like your life survival kit. Yeah. And then yeah. whatever it is you need in that moment, or whatever it is that somebody else comes to you, your friend, and you're like, well, do you fancy doing a bit of movement together or some breathing exercises or whatever, or the donuts? The donut, so that's the wine. Whichever, whatever the things are, that you've just got this broad toolkit, you just don't feel stuck in the one way. The, the but, habit again, mm, and, and becoming that unconscious living of just plodding along, rut, isn't it? Yeah. Just in zoning out. So you're, I think more and more it's that being awake, like you used to mention being awake in your practice of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm choosing to modify, I'm choosing to not, I'm choosing to work harder, yeah. I'm choosing to rest. Because so, you, you have more of an understanding totally of your... Totally chose to fall out of that headstand, obviously. <laughs> you were teaching yourself your own lesson. <laughs> you're so wise. You're so wise, Corey. So wise. I think, well, I've noticed the time, but have you got anything coming up that you want to... Tell folk. Um, I'll leave. Oh. I'll leave. Oh, what's your website? Have you got a website? Yes. You must have a website. So my website is stretchbreathesmile.com. Lovely. And as is my Instagram, yes. at stretchbreathesmile. Um, and I've got a few things in the pipeline. Um, I, what I'm really focusing on since I've been doing all of this, um, the beginning of this osteopathy degree, I'm wanting to tie together um, all of my different sort of. Um, I feel like I've got 
lots of little nice strands and I want to turn them into a pretty bow. Yes. So throughout this year, I'm launching a sort of some online uh, little tutorials. I've started on my Instagram just mini one minute ones. Oh, cool. Just little teeny weeny ideas of like handstand drills or shoulder stability drills or whatnot. Nice, really useful. So I'm going to be making extended ones on, um, I'm putting them on a YouTube channel. They're all going to be free initially. Yeah, get them in. Um, get them, get them there'll, there'll always be lots of free content. At some point, then I'll have some courses that people can purchase or whatnot. Um, Again, choice. Choices, choices. Um, but you know, Yogi's got to pay a bill, so she can put that yeah, teaching right. out there. And then I've also, um, it's not at all ready yet, this will probably be ready for next year, but I've um, uh, purchased a, a domain name. That's the first start actionableanatomy.com. <gasps> Um, Wicked! So next year there will also be... Was that, was that free? It that was free. free, yeah, that was free. So that will be an anatomy Good. website. It's not ready now, so don't bother going there. But that bookmark it. That will be ready for next year. So my ideal would be, let's say, you happen to go on my Instagram and you see something about shoulder stability. Then from there there's a link, you can go to the YouTube page and there'll be like a 10-minute chat on it and then maybe an hour's class around shoulders. Amazing. And then from there there'll be a link to an article on my anatomy website about the anatomy of the shoulder. So I'm hoping to give, to offer That's like a, a full circle. Yeah. Uh, but at the minute, um, it's thestretchbeesmile.com and the Instagram. But so what I would space. love is for people to send me their requests. Um, because I'm super excited about all these different areas I can take it in. Where do I start? So I'd love it for the YouTube channel and for the, all the little classes and Conversations. whatnot. Conversations. Exactly. For people to tell me, what would you like to learn about? Let me put something out there. And if it's helpful, this it's helpful. This is it. I think, because when I get emails from the podcast, there's not loads and loads, but there's some. It's so great. It's lush. Because yeah. then you actually... You, because I want a conversation. I'm you literally just be stabbing around in the dark. Yeah, I'm literally wanting a conversation. Hence, why I'm having a conversation. <laughs> so I think I think teachers. I know, like you have said it. We really like it when people give definitely like feedback or like. I'm interested in this. Are you interested in... I mean, we, we definitely develop skills of being intuitive, but we're not yet mind readers. Not yet. So that it is really is handy when nailed. our students let us know. Nailed, yeah. Also, as yoga teachers, we can, we, we can live quite an isolated life. Yes. Professionally, you know, if you're very good point, teaching yeah. classes here, there, and everywhere. So also, it's lovely to open up the dialogue between teachers as well and teach each other because maybe I've got something that I can offer another yoga teacher they didn't know about, and surely they've got something that I can learn mm. about. I mean, mm. none of us know everything well about anything, but we certainly don't know everything about everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's another T-shirt. I feel. Oh, that's a bit longer. It's a bit more. It's like a bit a, longer. Yeah, it's like a, a mat on the map. That can be a nice quote for Facebook. Quote, yes. Mm. Tweet that. Mm. Tweetable. Corey's tweetables. <laughs> totally not on Twitter. <laughs> if there are no it. pictures. I don't get it, yeah. If there's no pretty pictures, I'm not involved. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Twitter-ittering. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave yeah. it there. Thanks, Corey, love. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste, yes. Namaste slay got- that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make that up? <laughs> That's so awesome. Namaste. 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 We totally namaste. Namaste. High five. I love that. Namaste. He totally namaste. Well, folks, I hope you got as much as I did from talking to Corrie. And I'm super excited to see what she gets up to next with her osteopathy degree and then how she's going to 
build that online resource and um, actionable anatomy, I think it was. So really keep a butcher's out for that. Keep an eye out for that. I would recommend going to her website, um, stretchbreathesmile.com and signing up to her newsletter because she sends really useful things like um, recipes and yeah just cool things like that so she doesn't litter your inbox with rubbish there's always really um cool and useful info um, that she sends out so keep an eye on the stuff that Corey's going to share with us all um and like we mentioned right at the end it's always cool when people email us and start a conversation and yeah it just it's really motivating and it feels more like a dialogue rather than um, the teacher speaking at people all the time so consider saying hey via email or something um she also teaches with yoga london um as a course leader so if you're out there and you're thinking about joining a teacher training and you live in london or you're willing to travel to london go to uh, yogalondon.net or is it .org? I should know that. So it's either yogalondon.net or .org. <laughs> and um, yeah, you can see or ask when Corrie is course leading and join the teacher training perhaps. Okay, so check out Corrie's staff and join her emailing list and go to some of her workshops and say hi. Tick. I've done that. Next on the agenda is what's coming up next on the podcast, or should I say who is coming on next? And I'm really excited to have my first yoga teacher, 200-hour yoga teacher, Holly Warren. And I know a lot of you that listen to this podcast have... Holly, Holly has been your teacher, so I know you guys will be really excited. She is someone who has really embodied, I believe, the practice of yoga on and off the mat. And I'm super excited for you to hear the chat we had um, a few weeks ago. So keep an eye out on that one. What else? What else? I think that's all, folks. Oh, yeah. Show notes and links to my stuff on my website, which is www.rachel.yoga. Let me know what you think about the new look website, the new sound podcast, and always feel free to email me and say, hey, and perhaps even ask me something you'd like me to query with a, with a teacher. So I want to make this podcast relevant and useful and not too indulgent on my part. <laughs> and the only way I can do that is if you guys let me know what you want to hear about on the podcast okay please rate throw me some stars on itunes or wherever you listen to this and leave a comment because it's it's really motivating for me and it will just um yeah it keeps me going because i'm doing this out of passion really (laughs) and passion needs to be fed (laughs) needs to be fed five stars and lovely comments that's how passion is fed on a podcast (laughs) okay i'm going to leave you there i hope you really enjoyed this two-parter with cory and i'm sure you'll enjoy the next interview with holly um, which is coming up next time oh yeah and then 
please do listen to the Wednesday posts I put out there where it's just me chatting away, answering some questions that you guys give me slash it's just a chance for me to um, talk about something that I think is quite interesting and relevant and perhaps you enjoy it and find it entertaining and um, useful. So please do check out the Wednesday posts as well that I pop up um, weekly. Okay, that's all. Tick, tick, tick. All done. Um, I hope that we meet again. Happy practicing. Happy teaching. Lots of love.